Comics. Movies. Music. Video games. Technology. Blu-ray. Television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. The world we know is gone. No internet. No GPS. No text messages. No podcasts. In a world ruled by the dead, we are finally forced to start living. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Walking Dead TV podcast, episode two fifty four. And we're back. Russ is back. Yay. Yes, full house tonight. Uh, I right. pride myself. Every time. I, yeah, I pride myself away from Apex Legends uh, to do this podcast. All kidding. I, that was not why I missed last week. I was not playing Apex Legends while we were podcasting. Yeah, I don't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> Despite what my gamer tag says, that is not the that is not. But yeah, this is Russ, and with me are Aaron, Rich, Daryl, and Jim. Hey. Hey. Anybody see my yo-yo? <laughs> I think you buried it by the tree. Oh, okay. Thanks, man. I'm trying to teach that dog new tricks. Yeah. <laughs> well, before we get into tonight's episode, there was a bit of news. Uh, and this came out, I think it actually came out last week, but we didn't, I, I, I know I didn't bring it up and, and you guys didn't talk about it last week either. It didn't uh, come up before we were. It, it looks like Overkill's The Walking Dead. Uh, oh, this. Yeah. <laughs> this is different news. Okay. Different yeah. news. Uh, Overkill's The Walking Dead was uh, canceled and pulled. And so if you're not familiar with that, I, I did not play this game. It was released on PC. It was supposed to be released on console, uh, consoles, uh, consoles, <laughs> and it was not given a release. Um, but it, re- it it released on on PC back in, I guess, November, December. Um, yeah. Maybe it was published. Ex- yeah, it was published by, I guess, Skybound Games, but uh, it was done through – so. Overkill is a studio under Starbreeze Entertainment. Um, Overkill, o- Overkill is if, if you're familiar with the game like Payday, Payday Two, um, and, and all that. The Overkill's responsible for those. So they did. So the council canceled the console version. Yes, so we're here. So, yes. Okay. So so Skybound uh, canceled the game. It was apparently very bug ridden. Uh, it wasn't getting fixed and patched up to their satisfaction. It wasn't selling very well at all. Uh, and I guess it was kind of like in the Left for Dead vein, where there are four main characters that played, and when you start around, the goal is for them to, um, I guess, gather materials and gather weapons and build, upgrade, and kind of survive an onslaught of the dead. Uh, I don't, like I said, I don't really know much about this this game at all. So, um, so this is different from the one that's like on your phone, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, okay. this is totally different. Um, also, that, that's that's why because no one knows yeah. about this fucking game to begin with. I think is the yeah. problem. And then something something else that might have contributed to the fact is that um, the as soon as that game was released, like after the lukewarm reception, um, this guy named uh, Bo Clint, who was the CEO of the company Starbreeze, uh, became a suspect in insider trading oh. involving the company. He stepped down soon after that game was released. Um, he's, you know, in, in, is under investigation right now. The investigation is still underway. Um, the company was forced to reorganize. Um, 
so they're dealing with a lot of stuff on the other end, you know. But so that might be all; those all might be contributing factors as to why the game wasn't patched or, or or released on consoles. So yeah, and it's funny because as recently as I think last week, the end of February, Overkill came came out and said, "No, it's not being canceled. We're just looking to overhaul it. We'll have an update soon." Uh, and then news came out very. Um, I guess it was over the weekend that uh, Skybound actually. Uh, nixed it so uh, on the um skybound website uh they, they actually had a press release and it says ultimately overkills the walking dead that's the official name of the game um did not meet our standards nor is it the quality that we were promised well i mean it's it seems like yeah. it was talked about to begin with so i'm trying to i yeah. i mean i feel bad for i guess those that worked on the game and couldn't get things going but at the same time it's like none of us seem to be really on track know, with this whatsoever i know they did mm. mention it on uh on giant bomb the pc build and said it was not very good uh what they did put out so yeah and i mean uh, for for you know the walking beyond the telltale games it's not like the track record for walking dead games have been and all that great wasn't there uh, that one where like it's like Daryl's crossbow adventure or whatever the hell yeah <laughs> like, sur- survival just, instinct yeah, yeah i like my one, version yeah, better one a few years ago and it was just and my my understanding too is like uh i guess a day or two before it was announced there was a lot of buzz on reddit and other boards about an announcement coming up something had mm. something so like sales went up on that game, a lot of people purchased it only to find out the announcement is there is no more game. Yeah. Oops. So, yeah, interesting. I've, I've heard something today that uh, Skybound is looking to actually sue Starbreeze uh, over how things kind of went down and, um, you know, broken promises and everything else. Uh, so my understanding is Steam's even getting involved in some of the legal aspect of it because and- of the sales and whatnot. Oh, sure. they, and they were a strong studio. They did that darkness video game for the 360. That was really yeah. good. Yeah. They did that Chronicles of Riddick game for the original Xbox, which is really kind of ahead of its time. Uh, a lot of the creatives jumped uh, over to Bethesda and, and created machine games. And they're doing those Wolfenstein games now. So, I mean, the Starbreeze has been around. I mean, they have a rep, you know? Yeah. And the payday too is pretty popular. I mean, it's got all those add-ons that, and, yeah. um, and uh, you know d- the DLC stuff for it. It's it's been around forever, and it just seems like every time I turn around on Steam, there's like some new piece of content that's getting released out for payday. So they had a fairly decent pedigree. So it's kind of a shame that that this just just went south. So pour one out for Overkill's The Walking Dead. Oh, I, I didn't even know anything about this. I thought you were going to bring up the spinoff thing. They were yeah, talking about. the spinoff thing is what I thought you were talking about. Not this. I didn't even know about this. So I must have. So why don't you guys talk about the spinoff? Because hey, there's going to be another Walking Dead spinoff, which is something that seems like they've promised already. As far as there's mm-hmm. all kinds of stories they want to tell with the Walking Dead, but yes, there there was breaking news uh, sometime last week um, that there is going to be yeah, another Walking Dead spinoff, which has no real detail as of yet. It's just no. a, it's basically announced there's a new Walking Dead spinoff in the works. Whether it's that involves at the beginning of the zombie apocalypse when everything went crazy and everybody feared the walking dead. I mean, I'm sure that's that, that was the speculation. I think of one, at least one of our Facebook um, followers. Yeah, but I don't I don't think they're going to do that. Either. I, I feel like, yeah, they've already tried to walk that territory. And right. some others, some of our overseas listeners, they've uh, suggested what if they did it in the UK. Uh, I- 
saying that for a while, the UK or the Orient or, you know, just another, what's it like in another area of the world? What's it like in like Africa, South Africa? What's going on there? You know, it's hot. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, that would be it because now I wonder how the weather would feel like. I don't think the dead would get that far in Africa because it'd just be, they'd just get overwhelmed by the heat, right? And just kind of. Yeah. Yeah. I have an idea. What if a bunch of survivors hold up in a shopping mall? Okay, where are you going with this? Yeah. Let's spin it out a little bit. All could be near Pittsburgh. Could it be near Pittsburgh? Sure. I know Uh, just the mall. We could cast a helicopter pilot. That seems like it'd be useful. Why do I feel like deja vu? That's a that's a Denzel Washington movie. I could put zombies in that too. I mean he could probably fight zombies. It's Denzel Washington. Yeah, let's do it. See Denzel fight zombies. Yeah, Book of Eli comes pretty close, right? <laughs> Almost. <laughs> He's fighting stuff. <laughs> he has a machete. Yeah. What are we talking about? The Walking Dead spinoff, which has no real premise as of yet. It, it's not the no. same as the movies that star Andrew Lincoln nope. that are going to happen at some point. Nope. It has no nothing to do with Lauren Cohen's character as of now. By the way, uh, we'll get back to our episodes of Whiskey Chat, I assume, soon enough, right, guys? Um, God, I hope not. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and it's, he 100, expected- it's 100 years in the future, and there's a religion based on the writings of Carl. <laughs> <laughs> I think I wrote something. Yeah, I wrote something along those lines. Yeah, the Book of Carl. It'd be an anthology series. Each week you follow new members that are following different commandments in the Book of Carl. That's right. It's a comedy. Any speculation on what this could be, or what you beyond what we've already suggested? I guess any any thoughts on our Neil Patrick? Uh, I, the only thing I could think of they could possibly do it have to be in a, a whole new area. I think in a whole new country or something. That that's the only thing I can think of that they would that they would do. I I'd like to see it in somewhere not in the U.S. and I'd like to see it in the farther future, like maybe fifty years down the road. Hmm. Um, and that's the only, yeah, that's the other thing that I could see them maybe doing. Excuse me, what else are you going to do? They're not going to go in the past. I I like them to do that just to see like fans like you know really sweat over the fact that they thought this this the Prime series would end with like some kind of cure being found. It's like no, that's not going to happen. No. <laughs> it's always going to be no. zombies. Have said forever that neither the comic book nor the TV shows or anywhere Walking Dead would ever have the cure, unless Robert Smith comes back as a zombie. Maybe we could. Oh. Mm-hmm. Maybe we could uh, set it in rural Canada. It would just be like a half hour of walking, watching a walker walk through snow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We could farm, reboot- like farm dudes to be on their porch. You know, hey, nice day for it. Yeah, we could, we could reboot Northern Exposure, so Alaska, and have John Corbett nice. back in it, and then you just have him as John Corbett, like so he's like reliving Northern Exposure, but for real. And there's happens to be zombies this time. Do the, wa- <laughs> the walking. The, I've got the I've got the best crossover now. The Walking Dead. Letter Kenny. <laughs> oh, wow. How are you now? I, I would be curious if they actually do go out of the U.S. because I, I think part of the part of their logic of these spinoffs is, well, we could cross them over like what they've been inevitably trying to do. With, well, I guess they already did with Fear the Walking Dead, where it's like if you take it out of the U.S., you pretty much diminish any chance of connecting it to the prime shows beyond like, yeah, but I, in this, I don't even know what. going to connect the two. Wasn't that the whole thing? We're not gonna. There's not gonna be crossovers and all that stuff. Then. Yeah. Well, that that obviously you know stopped <laughs> once Morgan. Right. Yeah, you know, that they changed sh- with that once, changed once they shipped them over to save yeah. their show. Yeah. Like, they changed that pretty yeah. quick. There's there's no hard rule again. They're not gonna do it. It's just it's just 
They don't know. It's, it's, they're going to go with what they think is going to get more ratings. That's, yeah, they're that's not, they're cool. not politicians. Like, it's a TV show. They can do whatever. Yeah, exactly. I'd be interested. About 50 years in the future, though, that would be cool. And the crossover wouldn't necessarily happen, maybe like a grandmotherly Judith or something. But, you know, that would be kind of cool to just to see. Think about how technology would advance over 50 years uh, in the Walking Dead universe. It obviously wouldn't be where we're at now, but it would be close. Well, then that we don't even know what they're going to do with those movie things, you know, like that other uh, yeah. civilization that, you know, like they they have technology over there, supposedly. That'd be the only potential crossover factor, I guess, if you had to. A zombie Tom Selleck solves crimes. Yeah, in Hawaii. Oh, for sure, they can do that. What'd be interesting is, oh, is if they did go overseas with it, it. I wonder if it would truly be an overseas production. Like, if they did it in, you know, France or Prague or you know, England or something like that. And the reason I say that is, it could open it up to that that market. You know, it, it'd be something. Yeah. Yeah, that they could uh, they could distribute that way, um, you know whether it's whether the foreign distribution is on Netflix or something or, or something like that, but it might give them another outlet to draw interest for the American shows. It, you know, I I don't mm-hmm. know how well they do overseas. Uh, you know, as far as far as uh, fear in the in the regular show um, and how that how that all plays out, but my my guess would be, you know, a lot of those countries have you know where a certain percentage of the content. You know, has to be um, produced and and shot and everything else in in that native country, and um, you know, to be just to be broadcast on some of those services. So, like, if you want to, you know, have a Netflix show in, you know, or Netflix in France, it has to be X percentage of content that is um, that is developed in that country. So, uh, I, w- I wonder if again, if that could could do something to kind of spread spread it out. But then it becomes interesting because. It seems like uh, even though the the two shows in the states are spread out, you know they're mm. they're filming Fear. Uh, no, now they're filming it in Texas. Uh, the main show has always been centered in, in and around Atlanta. Uh, so I wonder how that would work to spin up a, like a third production office that would be outside the United States. I mean, like I I could support the idea like this, but at the same time, it's like if they're making Wakanda in Georgia, they're not going to make The Walking Dead like out of the country. And the AMC wants to save as much money as they possibly can which is what's their which is what has got them into a bunch of issues to begin with they don't seem to be learning any lessons either maybe yeah. with everybody leaving the main show now deny granera is leaving and all of that stuff maybe there's rumors of the other cast members that want to go as well it's, yeah. I mean, maybe this is setting up the spinoff will actually be replacing the parent show I, yeah, I will. I'm not. I won't be surprised. Oh, yeah. there, there's a version yeah. of the Walking Dead that's not going to very much look like the Walking Dead we know right now right. fairly soon because we're going to have, you know, what do we have? We have what Daryl, Carol, and who else? I guess Michonne at the, but she's going to be gone. Yeah, she's going to be mean, gone. So. It's, it's coming up to like Father Gabriel being one of the only older members on this point. So. Right. Well, you'll have Maggie depending on how that her new show goes. I, <laughs> yeah, I guess we'll see. <laughs> Or uh, what you would call it? Uh, well, we still got uh, what's his name, Negan. I mean, if they yeah, do Negan, something with Aaron. him, yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying though. Like, yeah, having Tara, Negan, and Aaron and Gabriel, those are like you know, these are what season five and beyond characters that are the like oldest characters at this mm. point. So it's like you know, things are things are shaping around. <laughs> yeah, 
I mean, well, look at look at uh, we're it's funny we're off camera we were talking about Dick Wolf earlier, but <laughs> you know, look at look at Law and Order. I mean, the the main show went off and SVU is still mm-hmm. on the air. So and he's doing another one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, they pushed it back. The though. original actors and characters from days of, days of our lives still on the show. You know. Things change. If you want to be, give me a, a legal drama about The Walking Dead based off the charter, I will watch it. I'm telling you right now, like that's that's not a problem for me. <laughs> just, but, uh, make as far as where they travel, I mm. you know make it make it something where it's one person and he travels from place to place. He's like they, he's, they do that. He's the, it's a it's a Negan spit up, and he's the fugitive. <laughs> he, he was framed by a um, one armed Aaron. I mean, the, he left. I guess the best way you can get away with it is if you have a uh, maybe a special forces guy who survived. You know, somebody from the army. We haven't seen much of the army surviving in this world. It's uh, what's his face, Star Killer in the tank in the first season who ripped on face. It's yeah, the show because they're gonna because yeah because when they do it too much where the characters are not trained like they did in fear the the walking dead it you know they wind up moving towards them being more more warriors than anything else wait we did see we saw the army in fear the walking dead and they were terrible like they're all terrible yeah exactly exactly (laughs) so i wonder what 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 could you do with because you'd have to have an amp i guess you'd amp up the 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 uh the violence a little bit maybe is what, what are you going to do to change it up? I mean, that's I mean that's why yeah I mean as much as I'm not expecting an international series, it's or at least one that films internationally. I guess the location change is the best you know way to take it as far as the show goes. If you want to provide a an in for viewers as to why they'd want to watch a third Walking Dead series, because yeah, we have the we had an urban version that quickly stopped being an urban version, and then we yeah. had and then we and we have you know Georgia slash DC. So, the next, I don't know what the next logical thing is going to be. But yeah, I mean, ultimately, both shows have a lot of you know stuff taking place in woods and yeah. Yeah. you know and very Swamps. rural. We type never forests. get cold. We never yeah see type any cold areas. We never see any areas where the weather changes severely. Imagine past being hot. Black forest. That would be cool. Like a grim Walking Dead crossover. Right. You know, or maybe you know, if they're not going to go international, then go somewhere up north. You know, like take right a on. New York, Chicago, uh, you know, I don't know, Seattle. You know, something where the, it it actually takes place in the city. Like for whatever reason, they were able to, mm-hmm. you know, to to move the you know the dead out of the cities, or you know, reinforce like I don't know, like a three block area or something. I, I don't know. Just something has got to be different. And again, I think yeah. the weather is the easiest thing to. To call to you know something you know we we see so much heat and sweat and mm-hmm. filth that uh, having the cold might might be a nice change of. Place. I could have did that with Je- well, I mean now it's out of the question, but I mean they could have did something like that with Jesus. Yeah, yeah. I could yeah. see that character like you know if you're not going to use him in one spot like the comics, then have him travel. You know, like he can adapt to other places more than most. So if you had a character that could. You know, I had the skill set that he has. Like Kane and Kung Fu. He's just going to Yeah, I, listen, that, that's exactly what's on my mind of how you could kind of get him. You, you know, you get a character like that that people would be interested in watching. And then you'd have different characters he would come across or her as they, you know, travel the world. Because if they're not trained, then they're going to be dead. There's no way they're going to survive 
uh, you know, traveling all over in these dangerous situations. It has to be somebody who's kind of able to adapt to this kind of situation. Walking Dead Vegas. <laughs> we should probably talk about this episode now. We've spent yeah. a lot of time on this fiction of this oh, yeah. speculating. <laughs> yes, I'm sure more more to come on that. We'll we'll know sooner yeah. rather than I mean, later. I'm sure. Well, yeah, we'll Comic Con's just around the corner. Even WonderCon's just around the corner, and New York Con. Like we'll get something at some point. Yeah, so, I'm or, sure we'll we'll know something soon. But yeah, it's curious. I, I'm you know again. I never saw. I never thought it'd be three shows. On at the same time, so and you know. and movies. Don't forget, there are yeah. movies. Yeah, that, well. yeah, that surprises me. I'll less. those when I see it. Until those are on a screen, I just I have a feeling that those aren't going to happen. I mean, they'll happen on on. I, I don't. They're not theatrical movies, but I no. I thought they were AMC movies. They yeah, be on AMC. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I just don't think Andrew Lincoln is. I don't know. It, it, I, I hope they happen, but I don't know if they will. And if they do, I'm kind of questioning if they'll be any good or not. So that's a different conversation. But I yeah. hear what you're saying. Self-contained <laughs> stories. I mean, again, it's a different. That's a different animal. All right, past the speculation, on to season nine, episode twelve, Guardians. Uh, and I wasn't on last week, but I, I kind of, uh, I got behind, so I ended up watching these these two episodes back to back. Uh, and and as much kind of like you guys, as much complaining as we did about uh, episode ten, I, w- I was pretty impressed with episode eleven, and and again mm-hmm. similarly impressed, uh, maybe to a slightly lesser degree uh, this episode than than last, but uh, but there was a lot of there was a lot of good stuff <laughs> with uh, with this. Um, but this I episode last week either, and uh, but I think last week's episode was probably the best episode of walking dead I've seen in a long time. If not ever, um, I think that they hit that out of the park and then they continued it with this one. So, yeah, we are big fans on the podcast of, of last week's yeah. episode. So this week, uh, episode starts kind of where we left off with last week. Uh, we see the, the whisper heard and alpha is talking to Lydia and Lydia. Um, you know, she's questioning Lydia about what was going on while she was, captive at the hilltop what she told them um what she didn't tell them and lydia says that she basically was playing them that uh, she told them only enough information uh she downplayed the size of of the uh, of the the whisperers and basically was just using them for information well that's something i wanted to say i mean we had remarked before about geez, you know, they only have, like, about 20 dudes. That's really not too intimidating or whatever. But when we get to, like, their, I don't want to call it camp because it's not really, but I guess mm-hmm. uh, we see there are a lot more whispers than we thought. Oh, yeah. I don't think they're all, yeah. though, warrior class. I think some of them are just people they're protecting. I got the feeling that, like, Alpha and her core group are, like, like the SS of the whispers. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, they still have to do what she's I mean whatever's oh, necessary no, yeah. I'm just saying though is I don't think that our group would have to worry about being attacked by all of them at once I don't think a lot of them are warriors yeah I think the the issue that we had a few weeks ago with the way is not that they <clears throat> regardless of knowing the comics or not I think just mm-hmm. the presence of them didn't seem like something that seemed like something you needed to contend with it's like alright just like a random group of people like walked up 
just we can i i don't see a reason why this needs to be presented as a threat beyond hey that's new but like why be intimidated by that um for where we're going from here certainly yeah there's more going on but you know gotta have to (laughs) see where things go from there back at alexandria uh the council is kind of gathered together and michonne is is kind of pissed because they went ahead and set up this relay and they've been she feels like they've she's the security officer she objected to a lot of this activity because of of security concerns and they went ahead and did these things anyway gabriel is feeling marginalized he's like hey i'm the head of this council but yet i have no authority mm-hmm. because if michonne wants to veto something then she just vetoes it so what's the point of having a council vote what's the point of having leadership if if you're just going to turn around and and just do your own thing anyway that w- well, basically what you say goes yeah it was kind of like uh oh uh you can decide what you you can make decisions on, on with the council but if it if there's problems with security then michonne make gets to make all decisions it's like martial mm-hmm. law but yep. with michonne lately everything is martial law yeah. like everything is a security uh issue and, yes. and that's the problem i'll um i'll say this right now because we, we it's been a few weeks without michonne's character mm-hmm. and i really dug everything going on in her storyline mainly yep. because it, it gave me stuff that i liked about the beginning of the season where the threat isn't i mean obviously the alpha stuff's going on but that's a separate mm-hmm. storyline the threat being pre- presented involves like the politics of how to make communities work and i found that to be very intriguing because it's not about this you know there's a big bad we got to stop it. How do we stop it? We got to make a plan. The plan failed, and then we eventually made a plan, and we got them. It's about hey, there are questionable ideas of how to run a society properly, mm-hmm. and there's ways to make that boring, or there's ways to make that interesting. In a post-apocalyptic world full of zombies, I find that kind of discussion interesting because there's a lot of right answers um, that, are, and there's a lot of wrong ways to go. And so, seeing them debate these kind of questions and that the writing was up to par to handle that sort of thing, I was all into that. I, I thought that was a, an interesting yeah, way to take it. It adds a lot of nuance to the story that wasn't mm-hmm. that has been lacking a lot lately. Like you say, Aaron, it's all been very black and white: good guy, bad guy. Okay. You know, let's let's deal with this. And this is all all shades of gray. And, and you're right. The writing is stepping up to to express that. And I really appreciate that about this season so far. And and it was a nice contrast to last week's episode where they find the old charter that nobody signed. So, again, they've been laying they laid some groundwork there as far as rules and uh, like a, you know, a, a constitution, for lack of a, a better term, Um that that never went anywhere, and then we're kind of seeing how it plays out locally uh, in this. And it's interesting too because you know in the beginning, they these communities operated interchangeably. Like you know there was a lot of cooperation, there was a lot of movement back and forth, uh, there was a lot of diplomacy, and and now it seems like everybody's kind of turning isolationist. So it's it's mm-hmm. interesting to see how in, in like a microcosm. Uh, these things kind of mirror what goes on in the real world. I mean, we've seen over the course of human history where countries and governments have become, you know, have gone from being imperialistic to being uh, nationalistic to being um, isolationist. Uh, and, and we're seeing how that could kind of play out in, in a microcosm of, of these smaller communities. So I, I, I just I find it as kind of a history buff. I kind of find right. it interesting. It's Especially interesting, too. How, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. 
I was going to say with this like fair going on, this you know, Kingdom Palooza or whatever they're putting together, it's really like drawing that contrast. You know, what I mean, it's really showing us how isolationist these different elements have become. I mean, because you know, until the end of this, and, you know, spoiler for the end of the episode, Jerry. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, Michonne doesn't want to be a part of this thing until like the end of this episode. Yeah, and I mean that really puts in contrast, like you said, the way they used to be all one unit. And now they're very much not. You know. Yeah, and uh, you you see how much she's changed, right? Over since the you know the beginning of this little thing that she was trying to help facilitate with them coming together under this uh, constitution, and now she's like, forget all that. We are not coming together as a group. We just we worry about our own, and that's yeah. it. So. Yeah, well, I can also note that you know we've still not gotten like exact answers as to what happened, but mm, I right. do like that the this is a better example of how to handle that. Where it's it's laying some breadcrumbs, it's giving us some context, uh, but not like directly like you know going into it, which I'm I'm fine with because of how they handle how the episode handles talking around it. Like you you, you get a you get a sense that doesn't feel force fed. Where it's like, well, let me give you this flashback exposition moment of like everything that happened. No, it's more about characters who don't need to like. It's like when characters like feel the need to like say the full, the person's full name in a movie early on just so the audience knows, even though they would never say somebody's name like that. It's yeah. not like it's not going out of its way to like address something. It's just giving you a sense of there's attitudes here. And we can dive into where we're where our relations are right now based off information that's not being spoon fed to you. So it's mm. it's good. It's good. It's, it's a good handle of this. But, and it, it goes further as far as Michonne goes throughout this episode. So. Yeah. And we get we get a little bit of an information dump, too, because Sadiq says, you know, hey, the kingdom's in worse shape than either you think or that they're letting on that. The fact that Carol was willing to ask for help twice, uh, the, the you know. Ezekiel's not being super forthcoming as to how dire the situation is getting at the kingdom. Um, and Mich- Michonne is, is like, well, she's fine with them coming in. Like if, if, if Ezekiel said the kingdom is, is the kingdom has fallen and we're done and we want to come be with you in Alexandria, she'd o- open come with open arms, like fine, come in. Everybody's welcome. We're all going to live here. But she's not willing to sacrifice anything to help to help them shore themselves up because right. it's just it's just too dangerous. Um, and the, and and you get a little bit of contention between you know Aaron seems to be more on Michonne's side than not. Um, it, it, you know, and a lot of that has to do with the death of Jesus and him seeing what's what's going on. He's not fully uh, in her camp, but he's leaning her way. And then Sadiq is kind of. In the Father Gabriel side, where he's, you know, he thinks the fair is a good idea, and he tries to make it, make it, make a case for it. So you can kind of see where everybody, and, and again, they've done this several times in the show to to good effect, and they did it here too. Is everybody has a pretty good argument? Like, yes, you know, there's nobody that seems like they're they're acting irrationally, or what they're saying is like completely out in left field, or they're just being a holes about it. Like these are legitimate concerns that everybody has. Yeah, the the sides that Michonne and Aaron are taking are certainly informed by basically grieving. Um, even yeah, you can't tell somebody how to grieve, and you know it's been what five six years since Rick has you know been ejected from the show and presumably dead. As far as Michonne's concerned, she's still dealing with that and like what kind of precautions to take. And Aaron, you know, literally just lost Jesus, so it's like you get a sense that. And meanwhile, Gabriel and Sadiq and the other 
members of the council that aren't in the cast, which I actually admired. It was like, oh, the council's not just made up of people we already know. That's that's yeah. good. Good on the yeah. show. <laughs> They're not necessarily informed by having lost loved ones recently. That has to kind of give them a certain perspective. But but even then, yeah, the the losses that Michonne and Aaron have had, they aren't they're not irrational like you're saying they they do come from like a sense of logic of like yeah there's these these things out there's whisperers out there now what do we what do we do about that why do we open why would why open our gates and go out into a world that has whisperers now like what why not stay safe like i you can get it you can understand it and given the series history they're kind of right if alexandria stayed to themselves uh, there probably wouldn't be too much drama to worry about Um, that's not this show they're going to open those gates and they're going to go to that fair but and it's going to go horribly wrong. Exactly. <laughs> but as far as it stands, yeah, I can buy into the logic that they have because things don't tend to work well given the history of the series. Yeah. Nope. Uh, we see that Rosita's starting to uh, starting to show and starting to uh, not not fit into her skinny jeans anymore. And uh, it was interesting to say. So so Gabriel. We found out that Gabriel knows that she's pregnant with Sadiq's child. That uh, he's he's fully informed, and uh, Rosita is kind of giving him an out, giving him a way to to just step away. Um, and it was it was he did, Gabriel didn't have a whole lot to say um, through this this little exchange, but you can kind of no. tell that he's le- he's leaning towards letting her, you know. He has a, a later exchange with um, with Eugene and, and they, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and they talk like, about you, you, yeah. Eugene has like charts and graphs. And yes, like, yeah. man, all man. That's, I I really don't find myself caring about this love quadrangle that they have going on. Whatever you want to call it, I do find all the Eugene interaction hilarious. But I don't know why. But I just I'm not bought into really caring much about the storyline of Rosita being pregnant with another man's child. That- I mean, I, I don't think anybody is. I don't think I'd be, I'd be more curious to hear about the people yeah. that are like, you know what? This alpha stuff can screw. Give me more of the love triangle soap <laughs> opera going on. <laughs> is, I mean, cause the stuff with the alpha, the whispers and all that's really, really good. And I mean, to stop in the middle of that and cut over to this storyline. I don't I know. Any soap opera just add zombies you know something bad can happen with that i think something's bad is gonna come with that situation yeah, will but i just it's really i don't care i think that's why they're doing it well, huh? yeah, they're, thankfully it's just in the background like it's not like it's right. up a huge time right. on the screen but right. yes i mean obviously it's going to lead to something happening but there's just nothing really all that like for one like you know sadiq we barely know gabriel and rosita seems like a weird pairing mm-hmm. and and you know as much as we like eugene which i think we all mostly do or at least for josh mcdermott's performance it's not like we're like this guy needs to be romantically linked with somebody <laughs> so it's like there's a lot to deal with as far as like three main characters that are all debating over love you know the love of one person and and her to her who's gonna be her so we cut back to henry who's snuck out um he obviously is having issues with the fact that they handed Lydia back over to Alpha in exchange uh, for Alden and Luke. Can we just call him Carl 2.0 now? Yeah. I call him Dumb Henry. <laughs> yeah, it's Dumb Henry is what I, I think I like better. Because 2.0 indicates that it's an upgrade, and I think it's that- not. 
<laughs> You're right. Let's call fair, him fair point. Fair point. Dumbass Henry. That's, That's maybe the best play Chubb's be. made in a while. Just oh, I know. <laughs> we could call him Carl M.E. or Carl Millennium. Uh, something. Just dumbass Henry. Yeah, yeah, D, he's oh. the designated dummy. He's the, he is the D.H. Dumb Henry. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I struggle with this a little bit because, again, teenagers do dumb stuff. Like, and in their own mind, they feel like it's the right thing to do. And I think Henry growing up under the Ezekiel, best person in the camp, Carol, the one that uh-huh. could everything That's about my that. problem with it. That's my only problem with it is that he grew up seeing the dangers of the outside world right, and but- what it means. And he he already made a horrific mistake, you know. When he let those people out, when they, you know, when he was trying to go for vengeance and those people got out, like he didn't think, not thinking things through is something he did really early on. And for someone to do something where someone died, I mean, you've seen kids who do things that cause the death of another. And for them to be, they're usually affected in a way that they don't forget. And for Henry, it feels like he just totally forgot all of that to the point where it just doesn't matter to him. And he's doing things where he's doing things that I expect those kids that lived inside the whole time to do. Yeah. But he also grew up, you know, Ezekiel has a very regal presence, a, a sense of, you know, doing right and what's good. And I don't know. You just teenagers do stupid stuff all the time, and they think in their head that they're invincible and that they're you know they could they could do this thing and not get caught. So I I don't know. It doesn't bother me as much. This is the epitome of doing stupid stuff, though, right? I mean, disregard for what was this kid's plan? I mean, he's like, I'm gonna go. I'm going to go after this elite force of people that have literally blended into the world by wearing the masks of zombies with my right. little bow staff and somehow, what, take them all down, cap- get the girl back, and everything's going to be right? <laughs> and at best, if you do get her without getting killed, don't you think they'll they'll think it's another – you you getting the girl is another act of, of war right. by doing that? But think about this. I guess you guys don't remember being a 16-year-old boy. I mean, Aaron, you should. It was just like last year. But uh, (laughs) I don't think that he's exact. First of all, he's dumb Henry to begin with. But then on top of that, he's a 16-year-old boy who I don't think is always thinking with the right head in these cases. No, no, no. I get – listen, we we get all that. I get all that. That's besides the point. The point is – he still was the same kid who went through a situation where he caused the death of many and is fighting to atone for it in a way where he rededicated himself to this organ to, to the, to the whole, um, to that place where he wanted to even go away to, to learn how to, to, you know, so he can better fix the machinery and all of that back at the kingdom. Right. So for someone to be that, remorseful and want to to be that dedicated to the kingdom to when he meets a girl um i listen i get done plenty of stupid things for for you know thinking with the wrong head when you're a teenager um but still to to throw that all away and do what he's going to do which would cause the death that could cause the death of another group of people i just don't see him being that 
because of what they've shown us already about his his personality already, I just don't see him being that nonchalant about it, it where he doesn't even care. It feels too just, contrived. Yes, I mean, it even, does. even even if you could explain it away by just saying, "Yeah, he's just he's just smitten," like, "Oh, and he's a kid." It's like, well, yeah, that goes to a certain length, but at the same time, that's a lot to buy. It, it seems like it he's is. only a, he's only a vessel for Daryl to come out. Like that's what he seems to be it right now. Like yeah. more, it feels like more of a plot device to bring about conflict than yeah, like that's a, exactly a, a naturally right. motivated character right. to me. Because this was someone who had lived with the group for his entire life. This was somebody that was part of the group. And then they went to take away. I could see him being like this, but for this girl he just met, I I just don't I just don't see it. I just I, even with the kids being dumb, I just don't see it. it well, there's not a lot of options in the zombie apocalypse, Daryl. So it's still not. Well, yeah, yeah. Alden took his one option. That's right. So that means he's going to go crazy for this one woman, this one girl, to the point yeah, of like the, the getting everybody kids. killed. Yeah. It's the organic writing, Daryl. Sure. So next we go back to that scene that Jim alluded to where Eugene rolls up with his plan. It, it, I didn't, it, it's funny because at first you think he's got like some, uh, some plans or some, uh, some, right. some project or whatever. We're preparing to help the community. Gonna, yeah. It's like, nope. Yeah. He's got all the reasons why he should or should not stay with Rosita and help. Raise the baby, even though it's not his. And <laughs> all right, Mister Creepy. <laughs> we we get a lot of uh, Eugenisms, uh, of course, thrown out. It was endearing in his own way. Sure, it's it's funny. Like mm-hmm. I, I I don't I don't care about the the stakes of this, but I do find the wording to be funny and how he's presenting all this. And even Gabriel, like the way he's like he says like charts, like just the way he's reacting to it is funny. <laughs> And at, at the end, of course, he has a little uh, peace offering that he could give to Rosita, and it's a pair of stretchy pants, uh, so she can uh, she could be more comfortable. Oh, and Gabriel says thanks, and then Eugene says Donata, and walks out. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I, I wrote down Donata because that made me laugh. <laughs> yeah. He goes back to work on his extensive strategy guide for Yar's revenge. <laughs> uh, Remember he had the arcade console. <laughs> oh, I know. The apocalypse necessarily curved itself around Eugene's wishes to like have him have a lot of fun. Yes. Sure did. Um. So b- back with the the Alpha crew, uh, they. F- you know what? I forgot to mention this. When um when Henry's first caught and he says like I came for her, Lydia walks up and just slaps him Punches in the face. Him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. it's the that makes her like the best character on this episode. <laughs> like, yeah. It's it's pretty perfect. That was yeah. awesome. Also, I like Lydia's like her like zombie walk cuz she doesn't have her mask but she's still walking like the rest yeah. of them. She's just mm. kind of like shaking her arms around and it's like that baby. That's so <laughs> it is goofy. <laughs> And talking at the same time. It's, talking and walking. It's so weird. Yeah. It's like being in a car or something. Like there's isn't what attracts the walkers to them more the smell of fresh flesh? It, it has nothing to do with her walking that way, that's for sure. No. It's not like the walkers are like, Oh, this one's shaking its arms around, must be one of us. Pass. <laughs> like we at the club. She's one of us. Yeah. But one of the things we find when they get back to their to their hideout is there's 
more more of them than I think anybody realized. There's probably what I, w- I would say over a hundred people there, probably total. Probably around that. Yeah. Good about. Yeah. And so they're trying to uh, get some more information about out of Henry and find out what's going on. Um, then we go back to Alexandria and Negan's in his cell, and Michonne comes in and says that, well, Negan is only going to tell her why he came back. And so they, they have a really good exchange back and forth. Michonne's not buying any of Negan's nonsense. Again, I think she's coming from the perspective of, I'm not going to believe anything you're, you're saying. You're, you're more than likely playing me to let you free so you could come and screw us all over again. And it's interesting because at this point, I really don't know what to think um, because he's Negan. He's doing a very good job of trying to say he's he's done with his old ways to a degree. But he also tries to tell Michonne that his past experience can be used to her advantage, um, which, which is not talks- wrong. It, it's not the it's not right. It's not the best way to present it where he says, like, I know how to keep people in line. It's like, mm-hmm. that's not that doesn't tell me that you've passed your old ways. Yeah. When you say something right, like that. Right. Yeah. He was selling me on what he was saying until he said that. <laughs> yeah, he's still him. He's just, you know, he's him he's, with nothing. Yeah. And he's leading in to the fact that he knows there's trouble in paradise, that right. things, things aren't going as well as she may make uh, make it out to be. And a lot of it's because. There's a window outside his cell. He listens to everything that goes on. Uh, and Judith comes and visits him, too. And I'm guessing that just in, I mean, Negan's a master manipulator, and he's also a pretty intuitive guy. And I'm sure that even little things that Judith says about this and that, he's picking up on and uh, inferring. Even if Judith isn't directly giving him, you know, intel on what's going on, I think he's able to infer a lot of what's what's up. Uh, I think she's pretty smart, though, and, I mean, she's still a kid, so obviously she's not, you know, smarter than an adult in most cases, but, you know, I don't think that he can manipulate her, not the way that he has other people in the past. Well, the the character's so ridiculous that it's it's Wonder Judith. She can do anything. She can see through the the guise of Negan. She can locate him any time with her gun. She can talk down Michonne. She can save a burning building with one hand. Like, you know, whatever they want her to do. She she has the wisdom of Carl. Yeah, she has the the blood of Carl and the the, the heightened sense of Rick Grimes. But I think he already has manipulated her. She doesn't believe that he's this evil person anymore. Yeah, it worked. And he, she doesn't have the, you know, when her and Michonne have their little exchange. I mean, you know, it's easy to when you're looking at smooth talking Negan and he's more calm and collected and everything that's going on and the way he is with Judith. It's easy to forget this is the guy that took a baseball bat and bashed in uh, Glenn and. Abraham, Abraham skulls, you know, and did it joyfully. Well, <laughs> I mean, it's tricky. It's tricky because both I'm not a huge fan of Negan, but I also have to go with what I'm being shown. And the show, if there was a, if they handled Negan better, in my opinion, then the I, I'd be more buying into the ambiguousness of it, but I just I don't know what Negan's gain would be to just become like an evil force again. I'm sure he still has the kind of 
stuff on his mind that he can do. But in, but I don't see him as I don't see him as manipulating Judith to begin with because I think he's actually speaking. I mean, he's maybe certainly trying to get information out of her, right. which makes sense. But in terms of holding like a malicious grudge against uh, Alexandria, I don't think it's there anymore. I. There's nothing have, for him to gain. I don't exactly. think there's anything for him to gain anymore. He might have some overall goal that he might be working at, but in terms of like needing a needing a desire to like murder people or go on some kind of rampage, I, I don't I don't see that as a you know one of his intentions were he to actually get out of jail eventually. Well I was gonna say he loves survival. So I mean surviving is part of what his is his thing. So if he really wanted a death wish he just went and went all crazy when he broke out the first time. That's what I was going to say. He had his chance. Yeah. You know what I mean, he, he was out. He, if he wanted to wreak havoc or revenge, he mm-hmm. could have at that point, you know. Uh, I think it's a turning point for the character. And I also get the feeling that he doesn't have the hunger for power that he once had. Um, That's I, the way he I, lost it. I think that uh, he's grown as a character. But he's also, but but again, in this world, he is also the same guy that, you know, uh, forced himself on a lot of women and did a lot of killing of innocent people and sanctioned a lot of killing of innocent people. So that can't ever go away. It's still going to be there. That's the problem with a show that can be inconsistent sometimes, though. You yeah, forget, it can drop those things and just make you feel like you don't care about it anymore. Then randomly bring it back up because, yeah, this will be a good storyline to work with for a while. Like it doesn't really, it doesn't have to adhere to some kind of rule based off how humans would be because you can always just write it to be differently. I will say, I think one thing that might have been able to help is that if we actually got to see Negan react to, to Rick's death, which is something we were denied right. um, as far as you know handling that episode, which you know. I wasn't a fan of um, so not not seeing that kind of react not really knowing it beyond because the last time we saw negan before this time jump was what when he was just like he just re- decided to randomly start crying at, at maggie so right we kind of right. we kind of skipped over any other kind of reform right. and we're just stuck with like negan's already like chatting it up with judith all the time and what have you it's like there's mm-hmm. we haven't seen much of an evolution beyond the show is telling us he's evolved yeah and that's the it, you know, that's a weird thing. It's not the only problem of this show. It's other genre shows, too, like especially superhero shows where or, or anything where you have a character who started out as a bad guy and they and that meant they killed innocent people. And then because they, you know, they're popular enough, they want to, you know, transition them in as, you know, a good guy. Um, and they just forget all that. Like, it's all forgotten. And you're supposed to just go with it that they're not bad anymore, even though they have all that the blood on their hands. And and the other characters seem to forget it after a while either. That's too. that's why I really like Negan now in the comics. Not to go too far into it, but I yeah. I because I've had a chance to follow him along through this journey and right. not, like not ditch him for a while or what have you. Right. Yeah, and I mean also think about you know. In 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 the zombie apocalypse or just the apocalypse, six years is several lifetimes. I mean, mm-hmm. you're in danger of dying every day. I'm not saying that you know they need to automatically forgive him or automatically trust him or anything like that. But it's been lifetimes now in the apocalypse since he was captured and and the end of the all out war and everything like that. Maybe it's time to start 
doing some, you know, trustee work around the prison or, you know, hey, listen, we in this society, we got now there are people that have committed murder and have done longer than that and gotten out. Are they yeah. supposed to be forgiven? I mean, that that's a question we deal with every day, you know, that's dealt with every day. It's still not fixed, you know, especially when they did when they do heinous crimes. Right. It's still not it's still a problem we have, you know, all these years, you know, we've we've dealt with this. It's still an issue. Yep. Uh so Daryl and we cut finally cut back to Daryl and Connie who uh they find some tracks uh and Daryl mentions that, you know, they, they, they took him. Uh I've kinda liked their the two of them and, and their their exchange, you know, she she kind of had a similar reason for wanting to go after them too. Like she had mm-hmm. trouble li- living with what they did, giving Lydia back, um, even though it, you know, was one of her people that they got back in return. Um, a couple walkers come up, and uh, they're able to kill them. You know, she hits them with the slingshot. Daryl hits them with the crossbow, uh, Dar- and Daryl Daryl goes nice. Uh, and I like the fact that the dog dog. goes and retrieves the arrow uh, and gives it back to Daryl but but he breaks the arrow because he's not he's not he's good enough to get it but he's not good enough to give it to him yeah yeah bad dog (laughs) he's working on it he's working on it bad dog but it's just kind of cool I don't know this this no it's cool it's cool it's just like it's not perfect though which I kind of I like that I like that it's a little sloppy where it's like yeah he gets the arrow but it's not perfect like he still breaks the arrow it's funny because the dog thing is actually working out very well. Like sometimes when, you know, it's like kids and animals, right? You know, well, be huge wild cards, but, uh, the dog thing is actually, uh, is actually working for me with, with, uh, with the show. Because it's feeding into Daryl's Daryl-ness where he's sure. like, he just has to say like one thing and you're like, get it. Like it, yes. it doesn't, it's not overly cutesying it up where it's like, he has a dog and he's not like playing with the dog and doing all these tricks. He's just like dog. Like that's, that's all he has to do. Yeah. I mean, this is the man that killed a hell, you know, killed a tank. So you know, you don't need to give him too much. That's right. <laughs> <Don't work> <laughs> uh, so we cut back to the camp, and Beta is ma- making some more masks. Uh, and oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is gruesome. He cuts the face yeah. off the thing. <laughs> I don't think we really talked about this, but Ryan Hurst is playing uh, Beta, and uh, if if any of you are fans of Sons of Anarchy, he was uh, Sam Crow. It's Opie. Yes, yeah. he was Opie on Sons of Anarchy uh, for several seasons. Yep. Um, and then he was on, on that, that show. He was on that Bates Motel show. Um, yeah, and then there was that WGN that show about those outsiders. Guys. Yeah, 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 which was kind of the same. As yeah, it was, yeah, it was very. Yeah, they tried to make it like that, but it wasn't. Uh, so he's a he's a big guy, like big mm-hmm. presence. Um, Six five. Yeah, I, I didn't I mean, realize he was that tall. Yeah, I didn't either until this to this episode. That's how tall I am. Well, we know you're a tall dude, man. Yeah, well, somebody's got to be. But in Sons of Anarchy, he didn't look that tall. Like he, no, he, he was tall, but he didn't look that tall. Well, you got to make you know Charlie Hunnam and Ron Perlman look super big, so they got to play down the rest of that. Yeah, <laughs> he hunched. <laughs> we see. <laughs> he ain't doing it anymore. He's not hunching here. <laughs> Sheesh. Yeah, I do like because yeah, they introduced him early on when he when he 
catches dumb Henry right away, and he just like mm-hmm. dra- he just like he just drags him out of the ditch and like pulls him up by his haunches. Like I'm a warrior. Flies up and holding him by like his shirt, and just like, looking at him like swinging at him or something, just to show how he big this guy. Grabbed him like yeah. a baby. He took him around like an infant. So there, there's some squaring off. There's two of the two of the members. There's a, a man and a woman um, who feel like Alpha kind of went against their principles by go by going after Lydia, who clearly is her daughter. Um, and so first it's the first it's the man who comes up on her. Yes. And then Alpha's like, wait a minute. <laughs> like yeah. I heard I saw both of you two's conspiring against me. Yeah. Uh, and then she she kind of goes after the woman and ultimately she garrets her head off, which that's a that's a pretty impressive feat of strength right there. Yeah, almost to, unbelievable. Yeah, it's almost a, it's a, it's a feat of uh, discipline too, really. Yeah, you know what I mean? Cause she's making an example out of her. It kind yeah. of kind of really sets the tone for Alpha and what kind of uh, things she's got going on over there. It reminds me of when Negan threw the dude in the furnace. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's exactly that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, there, she, she, she was malnourished. You know, just goes through like butter. She heated yeah. up that garage beforehand. You know, that's true. Work. Yeah. yeah, that's how it works. That's uh, science. <laughs> but picks up the severed head and gives it to the to the guy, and then who kind of cradles it, and then she stabs well, him. Weird. Just weird reaction. Yeah. Um, this shouldn't be funny, but it's just so like over the top gory. <laughs> I couldn't yeah. help but kind of have a laugh about it. It's like this is wild. <laughs> she just she just cut a person's head off with yeah. a garrote and then gave it to him and then killed him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was, thought uh... in television, you know, with them doing that to zombies and whatnot, it's a little less garish and and not as frowned upon by networks and whatnot. And I know it's cable, but I was really surprised they got that graphic. Yeah, it's really well, I wonder why they, they put a warning in front of the show, and they don't always do that. Oh, they do it every about week. About the violence. Yeah, they do it every, they do it every week. They I didn't see that before. I didn't notice it before. I don't know. Maybe yeah. it was for this one. I just noticed it. Um, yeah. but every, every week I see that little label. It's like, oh, all but that's yeah, but it, I figured they were going to do something. I mean, it, to be in this world and they have to show them how they have to show us how, uh, how graphic and and horrible it is to be a whisperer and how you have to there's a code you have to follow. And if you don't, I I think they really want to show like it's different how they show Michonne's way of being a leader. They, they They're going down the line with Michonne being a leader uh, Alpha being a leader and how both of them are the line gets crossed and you know and Alpha all, she's all the way over that line already uh, to the point where this is how you she deals with people even her own child um, and they really wanted to show how far she's willing to go so that she knows down the line when they have to deal with the whispers this is who they have to deal with this is someone that's going to do some horrific things if necess- if she feels necessary. Uh, yeah, a lot like last week, I liked how the stories all felt connected in their own ways, where like mm-hmm. th- this week, it, uh, yeah, you have Michonne and, and Alpha, and e- even like Eugene being a guardian, and Daryl right. being a guardian, like they were, every story they were telling showed people in a position of like power or trying right. to be a leader mm-hmm. to some capacity, and yeah, Alpha is certainly the most extreme for obvious reasons, and yeah, it is crazy gory, and I'm thinking about how like 
how much you can show now on a TV show, no less. I was watching El Mariachi earlier this week, the Robert Rodriguez's first movie, which is rated R because it has like bad squibs that go off at some point. You see like very little amount of like bloodshed. This movie, this show has an, a head being ripped off of a garage. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's it's so crazy what like, you know, we've been so desensitized at this point where it's like, yeah, that gets a TVMA, no problem, whatever. <laughs> Just throw that on there. She gave him the head. <laughs> like, <laughs> Aaron can't him. get over it. It's just so like, yeah. Like, what are the other whispers looking at? It's like, I, I wonder if they're, they're if they're whispering in the back. I was like, I wonder she's gonna what she's gonna do with that head. It's like, oh, she gave it to him. <laughs> that's that's our alpha. <laughs> What's for dinner? <laughs> that's the next question. I assume. <laughs> yeah. I, I saw you chopping up a deer over there. Is that going on? Let's put that on the fire. Head soup. Um. So back at the back at Alexandria, Michonne confronts Judith, who's home from her her class, and and Michonne even makes a crack that oh you must have been late because you were out there. I saw you you know with Negan, and she said you know she admit that she talks to him, and and this is where they have the whole conversation about you know he's done horrible things, he can't be trusted, and Judith says you know he's not that's not who he is anymore, um, and Michonne says people don't change. And Judith looks at her and says, you did. Go to your room. <laughs> and, yeah, and then Michonne sends her because she needs a minute. <laughs> Listen, I, I, I don't, you know, I might not remember all about being a 16-year-old kid, but I remember that look my mother gave me back in the day when you <laughs> said some things you shouldn't have said, even if you were right. Yeah. And uh, that was definitely that look. It was a, I, that was a good moment. That was a good exchange. Oh, yeah. that was a great and, moment. And obviously this sets up, Michonne's change of heart at the end of the episode. Um, yeah, it would have been more cursing it if it was in my house. <laughs> Mine too. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, so we cut back to the uh, to the Whisper camp, and Lydia purposely comes over to Henry, uh, bends over to pick something up, and that necklace that she has on comes out, um, and she makes sure that Henry sees it. Uh, and then puts it puts it you know back under her shirt, and um, and then Alpha tells this odd story about when Lydia was three, and she almost suffocated uh, with a dry cleaning bag, and she let her face turn blue before pulling the bag away, and then smacked her. Uh, which we've already seen that happen, you know, once. Right. She got herself. She got herself out of it. I believe she said, like she. Oh, is that yes. what she said? She she, she let she let it ha- she let it go on as long as it needed to to let her get out of it, and she eventually okay. did. Right, yeah. And then she and then she smacked her anyway, just to make sure she didn't forget. Yeah. Right. <laughs> hey, God, teach them children. It's like, oh, clearly this woman is not balanced. Don't show Lydia a stove when she's a child. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Well, and it just goes to show that. This isn't like a mental break she had because the zombie apocalypse happened. Because when Lydia was three, that's before the apocalypse happened. So yeah. she was already mm-hmm. shit yep. to begin with. Right. Came out even more after the apocalypse started. Yeah. What do you do when you have a, a, a parent who's already, a, you know, an abusive parent prior to the world collapsing? With it when they deal with stress, and now you have a world full of stress. Right. Yeah, uh, how are they going to be in a world where they, there's no child services here? 
I have you to know? guess that Alpha probably wasn't working at the air traffic control center when she was before the zombie apocalypse happened. You, you, you would probably think. Not. Probably. You, you would think. Oh, there's child protective services here, but it's only one woman and her name is Carol and she can't be everywhere at once. <laughs> Maybe she worked at a dry cleaner. <laughs> uh, so Daryl uh, and Connie catch up to to them. They see the the you know the they they come across a herd, uh, and they continue to follow the tracks. They see the herd is going towards uh, towards the camp. Well, they see uh, the they see the whispers dumping the headless body and the yes, head and, and the head. Yes, and, and the and the and the walkers go to that. You know, they go to feast on it. So they. Yeah, they follow that herd there. Then I presumably they lead that herd towards the group after tracking yes. where they went. Yes. Um, so then we go back to again. We go back to the um, to Alexandria, and uh, Gabriel comes up to Sadiq and Rosita. And I'm guessing the implication here is that they're basically going to go in there and have a have a talk, <laughs> the three of them about what they're going to do moving forward. Yeah, there'll be another. <laughs> Mini council session. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, and then Michonne talks to Aaron and says she's good with another vote. Um, and you know, even Aaron says, you know, is the, is this the right thing to do? Um, you know, and Michonne says, look, the council. You know, we we put these rules forward. The people voted. The people spoke, and even if I think it's a stupid idea, and even if I'm if I don't think it's it's what's best, if it's what the people want, then it's not for us to come in and heavy handed say this is not something that they should do. Uh, she basically so rules she, with the side of democracy. Yeah, mm-hmm. basic. Yeah, basically, like, hey, we set this this up for a reason, and we need to we need to you know live by the sword, die by the sword, kind of thing. Um, and so obviously, the next thing we see is they're you know, packing up wagons and covering them up. So obviously the, the vote went through again and it was decided to be in favor of the fair. Um, so everybody's, so, so we might finally get to see Hilltop of Palooza or, uh, Walker Cella. Oh, yes. Or, uh, kingdom, kingdom Palooza. Yep. Kingdom Firefest. That's what I was thinking <laughs> of too. Kingstock 2019. It's going to be a bloody event. Yep. Um, so then, of course, we cut back to the to the Alpha camp, the uh, Whisperers camp, and uh, Alpha and Beta take Henry, and they give Lydia a knife and they tell her to kill Henry, and I cheer. all clap. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, do it. There was much rejoicing. You can um, do it. Do it. We were all whispering into our TV monitors. <laughs> get him. <her>, get him. <laughs> Like we clap when she punched him. And, yeah, exactly. Oh, that was yeah. great. That was so, so cool. she's obviously conflicted in whether or not she she can do it. And of course, at that time, uh, there's a bunch of chaos. The herd comes in, and because most of them don't have their masks on because they're not out and about, mm-hmm. uh, we're doing the lot. Walk- the Lydia, they're doing the Lydia walk. Yeah, <laughs> the, yeah. the other key reason why this is happening. Yeah, uh, the herd comes through. And starts attacking everybody. Beta lets Henry go, and then of course we see Daryl, who snagged one of the uh, one of the masks mm-hmm. uh, and put it on. Grabs Henry, and of course Henry is not going to leave without Lydia. Um, I'd have punched him in the stomach. Yeah, a couple yep. times. He'd have, he'd have let go. Yep. And eventually, well, Daryl kind of picks him up and 
um, takes takes the mask off, and uh, they end up. Lydia ends up deciding to come with, and so they. they well, he to. wouldn't let go of her hand. Yeah. Yeah. So all of that for naught. Yeah, all of another. No, it's all to set up the conflict between the whispers and uh, Alexandria. Well, well, sure. Oh, because yeah. if if they let Lydia go and Henry hadn't gone, then mm-hmm. they just would have. It wouldn't have been a problem. This is going to make her have to punish the group enough again. Like she's yes. going to have to punish the group, and what is going to happen with this? Where is the place where everybody will be gathered? The fair. Yep. The fair. Yeah. You got to You got to You got to equal out. You know. Our, so. So it'll be so it'll be whisper palooza. Yeah. yeah. Pretty Without much. delving far into the comics, how are you guys? Because there is a fair in the comics. Are you yes. guys past the fair? A oh, way past. Yes. The fair, nope. yeah. Okay. Because yes. I've been very. I, I've we've ta- we've talked about this off air as far as when we if we eventually do a comics based episode again to kind of go over this whole section. I, I've been confused as to where the kind of end this. Uh, where 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 the nat like the all out war has a pretty natural end point where this storyline for me and it's been a few years actually too so I'm trying to think of where the kind of stopping point would be I know I feel like I know where this season might be ending mm-hmm. if I had to guess <laughs> and I think you guys might as well based off what the comics do but I so I'm curious what's going to happen at this phase yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> like definitely picking up what you're laying down there yeah I'm being very vague obviously so comic readers know what I'm. I probably you know what I'm asserting, but we'll see, I guess. Where I last left off in the comics was an interesting fence that had decorations on top of it. There you go. The, the only thing is it seems like the um the only thing I'll say is the fair seems like it's approaching a lot quicker than we have episodes left yes. to um yes, it does. to to show. Mm-hmm. There's only what, two more? No there's, no, there's no, there's five more. Yeah, there's a lot more. Yeah. No, four. Wait, this is twelve, right? It's twelve. Yeah, so there's four more. So there's four more. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, it could be, it could be a long fair. <laughs> yeah. And you know, it's not like the show's been matching up page to page. I get it. I, I just, I, I, well, I have a, I have an idea of where things are going from here. We'll see what kind of ends up happening. But yeah. also, most of this week took place in either Alexandria or the Whisperer camp. You know, next week's episode might be something going on at the Kingdom and whatnot, and at the same time as this. So that could be why there's still several episodes left, and the fair is coming up so quickly because. That's what Walking Dead seems to do towards the end of every season is there's several episodes in a row that actually all took place around the same time. Well, yeah, and you can you talk about a big event that's going to happen, whether it's meeting up at Terminus or, you know, what have you, like it's or, you know, Negan's coming or any you know, right. number of those things. You can kind of build up to that because we need something that's going to connect. that's going to bring all these groups together to go after the Whisperers. We need that. We know that has to happen. All right. Because they're so separated right now. So, and they keep every episode they bring this one thing up, and the show is not. Uh, uh, there's no secret to when they do when they're when they're about to have something happen, even if it doesn't even match the comic. It's just because they keep bringing it up. Watch us all look stupid next week, and the fair happens and it ends. It's like, oh, that was a great fair. And then we move if on to they something do else. That, I will crack up. I will. I will. I will. Love it. I will clap if they do that. It all works out perfect. It's like, that was a great yeah. fair. Carol, you made your famous cookies. That was so great. I thought you. something bad was going to happen. It's I thought like, that everything that worked out, Michonne. It's good. 
I would well, love that. Well, I would love they did that. Negan bring, brings a big pot of spaghetti, yeah. you know. Uh, yeah, yeah and they all hang out. Like, I, if they do that, and then the whispers attack one of the one of the uh, communities and and kind of almost wipe them out, that would be something. Yeah, if they change it up that way. They have a pudding hour in honor of Carl in the book. Yeah, yeah. but I don't think they're going to do that. All right. Well, before we get to our Buster reviews, uh, we will do a brief word from our sponsor, which for this episode is, as it is for all episodes, a discount comic book service, dcbservice.com. Today, as we record this episode, is the fourth of the month. Uh, the new solicits for March will be up very shortly if they're not uh, already up by the time you listen to this. Um, so for next week's episode, we'll have some some good picks uh, and some great buys for the monthly order on the DCBS side, um, as well as you can always go to InStockTrades.com, their sister site, and pick up great deals on trade paperbacks, hardcovers. Um, there's tons of Marvel and DC stuff that are between 50, and they, there's there's a bunch of DC stuff they had uh, on sale for like 70% off, some some blowout inventory stuff, some overstock stuff that they have. Uh, some of it is is not been uh, not going to be reprinted, uh, so definitely check all that out. Um, as my co-host Daryl can attest to, I recent recently just put in a order to get caught up on the um, Nightfall uh, series of trades as we're covering on the Gotham by Geeks podcast. I'll do a plug within a plug. Um, <laughs> And uh, DC's recently done nine trades on Nightfall. They've, they've done like a, a prelude to Nightfall, and they've done all the Nightfall, Night Quest, Night's End, uh, Prodigal, and Troika, right. which Troika has never been reprinted in trade form. So this is the first time. Um, and if you're into to shelf porn like I am, it makes a really cool display on your shelf with all the logos lining up in the in the similar trade dress. Um, all of them are stupid cheap. They're like $12 or less. Um, per trade, so it's a really good deal um, to catch up on that uh, that story from the '90s if you are uh, interested in that. Um, so definitely, like I said, check out DCBService.com um, for all your monthly um, pre-order comics, and then in-stock trades for all of your um, trade paperback and hardcover needs over there. And as always, over fifty dollars uh, in total will get you free shipping. Um, and it comes nicely packed in styrofoam, um, perfectly wrapped. Uh, so even if the UPS guy chucks it over your fence uh, and it lands <clears> on your back porch, your books will still be in great shape. Uh, sounds like a juice. My last package looked like it had been taken through a war. I don't know what UPS did with it, but when I opened it up, everything was perfectly packed inside, nothing out of place at all. It's all good stuff. Yeah. All right, so our Buster ratings for this week. I will go first since I wasn't here last week. I gave this episode a 3.75. Uh, I thought it was a pretty good episode. I I think it's 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 turning the ship around, you know, like we we talked about uh the not the previous episode but the one before that that it was kind of a like a low point. Uh I'm still not sold on Samantha Morton's Alpha. Like there's still just something with that that just seems off to me. Um but I'm digging where the story is going. I like the tension. Again, I think um, we're seeing Daryl really come into his own, even though he wasn't in it too much this episode. Uh, but I'm, I'm liking where they're going with this character, and uh, I'll be curious to see uh, to see how things shake out with these last four episodes. Mister Taylor, 
You can go next. Uh, I will give it a three. No, I'll give it a four out of five. I I did really enjoy this episode. I did like the Whisperer camp now. I think they look menacing again. Um, I like the uh, story with Michonne, and I like how they kind of do the contrast between leadership between uh, her and Alpha and and how she was going in a bad direction until her child mouthed off to her and uh, reminded her, you know, what was important to her before all the bad things happened, I guess. Um, so I really dug it. I, I, all of that. Only thing I can't, you know, I still can't stand is that kid. That damn kid. Uh, but other than that, I've, everything else is, is is working for me. So, four out of five. Excellent, Jim. I'm going three seven five this week. Uh, I like the I, I like the uh, whispers a lot. I like the stuff with Michonne and Judas. Uh, I even liked the, the acting there between uh, uh, Michonne and Negan. But Henry's on my on my last nerve, and I, I realize why. He's doing what he's doing in a, in a meta sense and in a story sense, but it's still bothersome to me. So, 375. Richard? Yeah. Um, well, I also wasn't here last week, but I would have given last week a 5 out of 5. I really, really like Yeah, I read, I read your thing that you sent. Oh, you did? Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, but uh, this week, still was up there on par with last week's probably not quite as exciting as last week's but man i really like the way this back half is unfolding so far there's only been one episode that hasn't been very good the rest of it's been fantastic i am sold on alpha um i think that uh she is definitely the scariest main villain we've had on this show the governor should have been wasn't negan should have been wasn't Although he started out, I thought he would have been. But, uh, you know, everything about their villain problems has gone on and on. This seems like they're breaking that cycle, and I love it. And for this week's episode, I give it four and a half out of five. Excellent. Aaron? I um, I mean, I gave last week's a four, and I would say this is a bit under that, but I don't do the I – do, I do halves or holes, so I would still give this a four, mainly just – because I mean, Lydia got that punch on Henry, and uh, <laughs> Alpha <laughs> she took a guy's head off. So th- those little moments, I think, really make it go. I think what helps the most is that I'm just really enjoying watching the show right now. Uh, for these past two weeks, uh, it doesn't feel like a chore, which sometimes it kind of can. And so, like, I. I I feel a lot better. I feel a lot more positive about where things are right now. So that the enjoyable aspect of the walking dead is nice. And you have a sense of menace that is palpable. Like it's right there in front of you. You have interesting debates going on about how to handle these communities. These are all positive things that I want to see the show do more of where everything's kind of working the way it should, especially in a post Rick world where they're actually finding ways to deal with things without having the sensible lead character. So yeah, in my one four, four out of five, I think is a solid episode and I look forward to what's happening next. Excellent, excellent. Um, but we also have a fantastic Facebook group over at facebook.com slash groups slash WDTV podcast. Uh, so if you'd like to join that group, head over there, um, apply for membership in the group, and we will 
um, more than likely a preview unless you're a bot, which if you're a bot, you wouldn't be listening to this podcast. Um, if you are not a member of the Facebook community and uh, don't don't partake in the Facebooks, as they say, uh, you can also send us a w um, email at wdtv at hhwlod.com, which we actually received an email this week for mm-hmm. uh, for a review, um, and you will have your reviews uh, read to you by the dulcet tones <laughs> of Mr. Jim Dietz. I'm glad you didn't say the whole thing about who cares what we think, because they've been listening to us for an hour and a half. I guess they care a little bit. Um, yeah, I, th- I started <laughs> to think about it more and was like, I think people do care what we think. Um, I'm going to start with an email this week from Tanya Hines. Uh, keeping secrets from security chief Michonne isn't a good idea. Rick tried keeping secrets from Michonne, and it got him knocked the F out. Uh, some people got to learn the hard way. I kind of like Connie and Daryl working together. I don't care about Gabriel, Sadiq, and Rosita's love triangle, so moving on. Negan wants to be Michonne's hand. I don't think so. Uh, Alpha's parenting skills leave much to be desired, but she doesn't have to put up with a smart-ass kid giving her lips. Speaking of smart-ass kids, I ain't buying Judith's talk with Michonne. She's a little too precocious for a 10-year-old. Somebody needs a timeout. <laughs> uh, Mich- Michonne changing her mind about letting those fools go to the fair was right. Maybe when a bunch of them get brutally murdered, the rest will listen to Michonne and zip it. Why, oh, why is Henry still alive? Alpha had the chance to do a world of solid and just do it, but she had to turn it into a lesson for Lydia. Taking Lydia with them is going to get a whole slew of people killed, and if Henry's not one of them, I'm going to be pissed. Thanks, Tanya. I appreciate that. Um, we're going to move on now to the Facebook group. Mike Jones starts out there at five point, or 4.5 skin tags out of 5. I really enjoyed all the whisper scenes. Uh, Alpha is brutal, and I love it. I was let down by Negan just being back in the cell without showing what happened when he and Judith came back. Side note. Side note. Father Gabriel had many sons, but Rosita's baby isn't one of them. Hmm. Uh, Katie Levesque wrote in 4.5 Busters. Well done. I enjoyed the Michonne versus Alexandria Council, Negan, and Judith confrontations. Side note, I found it amusing Michonne blamed Father Gabriel for the Negan escape. Uh, I found the Daryl Dog and Connie team up pretty interesting, and the craziness of the Whisperers a good change of pace this episode. The Alpha and Beta tag team duo should prove to be quite a confrontation against Carol and Daryl, should certain characters make it until uh, such a point of confrontation happens, wouldn't that be something? Uh, keep up the delightful podcast, gentlemen. Looking forward to Daryl versus Beta next week. Thanks for uh, the kind words there, Katie. Uh, Scott Homan wrote in, 2.5 Busters. I'm not a comic reading, so my first experience with the Whisperers is when they killed Jesus, and I thought it was one of the most badass scenes in the history of the show. This group is terrifying. Since then, I think the show has really botched everything about the Whisperers. I no longer feel they are a real threat. Alpha seems weak, and her character and backstory just not believable. Yes, Beta is a badass, but the rest of the group do not seem like a threat. And with Alpha rescuing her daughter but making the other woman abandon her baby, they've already planted the seeds of this group's self-destruction. Uh, the Michonne and Negan stuff was okay, but I did not enjoy the whole Gabriel, Rosita, Eugene stuff. Uh, DeRay Irvin wrote in again. Thank you, DeRay. Uh, this show is finally scary again. What a creepy episode. I loved every minute of it. Uh, Richard Chopper Cherry Charrington, Coors Light Enthusiast and Marathon Runner wrote in. Uh, 4.5, more than one way to skin a walker out of five. Again, I love this week's episode. Very enjoyable. And even my girlfriend is back watching it after a two-season break. Although a few catch-up questions are a tad annoying. 
Uh, the skinning of the walker's head was a welcome gory scene, as well as the decapitation of the woman. That's what we want from a horror show. Uh, Daryl just needs to train Dog a bit better to retrieve those crossbow bolts. Looking forward to next week's show. Uh, Andrew Parks, 3.5. That's the biggest Slipknot tribute band ever out of five. Uh, loving the little ass-kicker back chat to Michonne. The whispered sequences were tense in places, but my attempt, attention kept wandering to thoughts of the wider whisperer community and what governs them. The juxtaposition of Alexandria and the Kingdom trying to forge civilization versus the whisperer's anarchist brutal nature manifesto is intriguing. Uh, the clash of these ideologies will no doubt cause conflict within and without the respected groups leading to upset and death. I do like Quiet Negan. Have the dead Carl Scrolls predicted correctly the future dream of Negan working with the fields of Alexandria? Remember that dream sequence? Uh, I predict Negan used in some dirty dozen sacrificial way, but surviving and proving himself to the Alexandrias, or maybe the scorpion will sing the frogs. Great podcast, chaps. Looking forward to next episode. Thank you. Thank you, Andrew. Uh, Charlie Messing, four busters. Nice episode filled with loving and understanding guardians. <laughs> Now I get the title of the episode. I'm starting to like Carl, too. Can we just put a hat on him? Okay, we got a, a comment here from Yukiyoshi Swada. I need to have a little bit of beverage first. Excuse me. Okay. Yeah, it takes a little... I gotta wet my whistle whenever I read one of his. Uh, four Shadow Kings out of five. Can you guess who the Shadow King is? One. So Michonne can veto cancel decisions at the drop of a hat, eh? See, this is why Rick became a farmer in the prison. It's too much power, even if used for everyone. Two, just saying the wolves found Alexandria, the saviors found Alexandria after the satellite sleep murders. So the pattern shows that the wandering whispers would find Alexandria too. So might as well help deal with it. Three, Henry being captured? Wow, didn't see that coming. <laughs> when Alpha asked what he was doing there, one could almost hear Beta almost ask. And what was your damn plan, man? I mean, Lydia even called him stupid and gave him a Hermione punch. Uh, everyone agrees. Henry is stupid. Four. Gabriel, listen to Eugene. The man knows what he's saying after all. If he didn't, why would he be given the job of village marriage, marriage counselor? Am I right? Five. Let's be honest. Negan was a leader. Okay, underrated. Negan was a mafia boss that did, quote, get shit done. Uh, when he sees that someone has too much power and thinks they should loosen their grip, you should start rethinking your life choices. Six. The first scene between Alpha and Sean was tense, but all I could think of in the moment was, guys, I get it, you're the whisperers, but you're in your own camp. You can talk normal. Speak up. Uh, seven, okay, not liking Alpha like I did in the comics. She is dishonorable, killing Helen with a coward sneak attack, and she only did it to make it easier to kill Sean. The Alpha doesn't, this Alpha doesn't respect her own rules and her people. She clearly wants to keep her power and knows she is not the Shadow King. Eight. Points to Judith, pointing out that Michonne is living proof that people change. After all, she's gone from lawyer to chain walker loner to quit quiet swordsman to second in command to council member to unintentional shadow king. She may be the biggest character to change on this show. And who's watching RJ? Nine. And the whispers were so proud they could manipulate the dead. Looks like Daryl can do it too. Plus, those people were getting destroyed by them walkers. Hadn't seen a camp get hit that bad since Amy at the quarry. Wow, nice callback. Uh, Ten. Good. Glad Michonne is starting to get that if they stayed closed in, then when the people need help there, there will be no one left to help them. People meet people. People change people. People need people. Kenpai. Thanks for writing in, Yukiyoshi. 
And finally, Nilo Jamal Stewart wrote in his 3.5, challenge the leader if you dare, out of five, Buster ratings. It was a good episode. Definitely could have been better. Actually liked how they showed the leadership styles of two very strong women, Michonne and Alpha. They were both challenged. They were both wrong. They both broke their own rules. Alpha shouldn't have gone back for Lydia. Michonne should have allowed the council to actually counsel. Two leaders, two dramatic moments, two very different ways of handling the conflict. One murders the rival, one relents. Very interesting contrast. Wonder if they planned that or if it was just a fluke coincidence that only real nerds like me noticed. Also, really liked Connie and Daryl taking out the walkers in tandem and then setting the walker booby trap. All in all, pretty good episode. And as our friend Russ said at the beginning, you can join our Facebook group. It's facebookgroup.com or it's facebook.com slash groups slash WDTV podcast. You can also read Aaron's reviews of every episode. Uh, there are links there every week in the uh, Facebook group. So you can just go there and it's a convenient way to get to his uh, WeLiveEntertainment.com reviews that he does every week. I actually watched the episode as it was airing this week. So I got my review done fairly early. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I know. I had time. Excellent. All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening. Um, you can check out me over here at HHWLED.com. Uh, Captain Marvel will be coming out as you read it, as you listen to this episode this week. Um, so if nothing else, we'll get an, it's all connected out to talk about Captain Marvel um, for sure. Um, Shazam. Carol. Oh, sorry. Shaz- yes. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, that, too bad it wasn't. Uh, oh, you know, April is coming out. That would be a great, that would be an awesome April Fool's episode is to do Shazam. Is, do Shazam. Do Shazam. Um, Daryl, where can folks find you? Uh, you can uh, find the website on Taylor, the com, and they have uh, all the podcasts that are on the Taylor Network, like uh, Gotham by Geeks, which uh, I do with Russ, and Nothing's On, which I do with Jim and Donnie. Uh, so we just posted the, a new episode today, actually. Just posted, yeah. Just, uh, just we just talked posted. about a lot of stuff. We covered a lot. Of a great lot, stuff. and then there's, and then other things happen. We have a lot to po- we have a lot to talk about for next. Yeah, uh, we do for the next episode. So uh, you can definitely check that, and as well as other uh, pod podcasts on the network. Jim, where can folks find you? Well, as Daryl said, nothing's on podcast is available at thetaylornetwork.com. And every week at oldmagicgaming.com, you can catch one of our live RPG podcasts. Uh, we take um, our, our D&D game and add sound effects and, and um, clean up the audio and add a nice soundtrack and stuff, make it a little more like a radio play. Every Friday, we put up a new one, so uh, definitely check that out, oldmagicgaming.com. Chop Toad? Uh, yeah, well, find me here on HHWLOD and um, at ChubToad01 on all the socials. And Aaron. You can find me talking about movies with my friend and co-host Abe on Out Now with Aaron and Abe. A podcast is available everywhere you can find podcasts. Uh, we just uh, actually Abe was out this week, but I just had a we just had a fun episode talking about Medea of all things for a special bonus. Uh, but yeah, we got Captain Marvel coming up, and we have a lot of fun bonus commentary tracks every month as well. And you can find all my writing. We live we live entertainment, and I'm on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Excellent. Well, thanks everybody again for listening uh, to this episode. Um, glad we got the full house back for this one. Um, and I think we're back on track to kind of be on a, on a regular cadence uh, from here from here on out. Um, so until there's no more room in hell and the dead walk the earth, remember, people don't change. Go to your room. <laughs> <laughs> Go to your room. <laughs> <laughs>